Faith Builders, it's so good to see you this morning. Welcome to Sunday morning service. We have so many exciting things that are coming up for your church, so we need you to pay attention. Make sure that you're logging into the church app and getting up to date. But one announcement I want to make is we are having an incredible guest speaker for our women's ministry on Thursday night, May 21st. And she's going to be talking about mental health awareness. And I am super excited about her. She's going to bring um, details on how to recognize people that are struggling with depression so that we can get them the help that they need. So jump on our website, make sure you find out all the information, register for it, it's a free event, but I wanna make sure that all of you girls are on board so that we can get you this information that we need, especially this time during isolation and COVID and not having the relationships that we so long for. And then also the awesome announcement we have is in two weeks we are coming together as a church again on Sunday morning, May 31st on Pentecost Sunday, and we are opening our doors and receiving you. So if you're ready to get back to church, if you feel comfortable, we want to invite you here. Nine o'clock, 1030, both services will be available. Children's classes will be available. And we're just excited to allow the presence of God to flow. So I love you all so much. But let's get on the word of God this morning. We're on part two on perspective. And I hope you were able to watch last week's. And if not, you can jump online and watch it for free. But today I'm going to be talking to you on a different topic on perspective. And it is this, a different perspective on worry. Everybody say worry. I want to talk to you about worry today because as we're making this transition in life and in the world and coming into churches or not leaving your home or leaving your home, I want to really have you have a revelation on how to handle the worry that tries to rob our soul, steal our joy, and steal our hope this morning. So I'm going to ask you today, how many of you, raise your hand, how many of you have ever worried before? And if you didn't raise your hand, you're probably worried what other people might think if you raised your hand, and that's okay. But let's talk about that this morning. I want to ask you today, what you fear the most reveals what you value the most. So let's just talk about that. What you fear the most reveals what you value the most. So if you have a fear of your children... Uh, being okay or, or being taken care of or protected or fear of finances or, or maybe afraid of your family or maybe even in ministry because I'm in full-time ministry that whatever fear that is coming up in your heart and overwhelming you is something that you value a lot and that's important. But what you fear the most also reveals where you trust God the least. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. And I'm not just talking about where fear comes in for a minute and kind of overwhelms you, but you, you take it to God in prayer and you allow the peace of God. But I'm talking about the fear that engulfs our heart and our emotions. We start getting full of worry and we start being overwhelmed. And that's the area that I want to identify today, that we're not leaning on the word of God and the promises of God to counteract the worry and bring us back to faith. So this is so important. So why does fear or worry grip our heart? Why does worry take over? How does that happen? I believe that worry, when we're overwhelmed, is where we are not connecting to the promises and the power of God. When you are worried today, maybe you're worried about going out in society, you're worried about catching COVID, worried about getting sick, or worried about your finances, where it's overtaking you is where we've got to, as Christ followers, get in the word of God, find the promises from the word of God, and start declaring the word of God through the power of the Holy Spirit over the worry of our heart and mind. Somebody say amen. It's the word of God that transforms us. It's the word of God that sets us 
us free. And if you've been in this season where worry has been overwhelming you, I want to encourage you, get the word of God out today. Get the scripture verses out. Get your cards out and begin to write these scripture verses, which is the power of God, because God does not want us to worry. He wants to ignite his Holy Spirit in us so that we can walk by faith. And listen, I want to encourage you this morning to understand that we all worry. Every one of us struggle with something that we're worried about. Young people worry about FOMO. They're so worried about missing out on something, right? But maybe we're worried about finances or our job or our marriage or our health or our future. Maybe you're worried about all these things that are overwhelming you. And I want to give you the keys of how to overcome the worry in your life. And I have learned that as believers, we've got to learn to let go and let God. Those things that are troubling us, those things that are weighing us down, that are stealing our joy, we've got to learn to release them to the Holy Spirit who has complete control. So let's take a look at this. We've been studying out of Philippians. Last week we studied pretty intensely, and we're going to go through this just a little bit today, but I want to give you this first point this morning, and it is this. Worry is a matter of your perspective. Everybody say perspective. Worry is a matter of how you see that thing from your eye point of view. Do you know that when Jesus resurrected, he died, he rose again, is seated to the right hand of God the Father. He said that as my sons and daughters, I've seated you with me above all spiritual powers of darkness. So in the perspective that you're looking at, if you're seeing fear, if you're seeing worry, if you're being overwhelmed, if, if things are just in grasping your heart, you have to say, maybe I'm looking at this low perspective and I'm not seeing it from the kingdom perspective where Christ has called me to be seated. We as the church has to rise up in this season. We as believers have to rise up and say, I'm not gonna bow my knee to fear. I'm not gonna bow my knee to worry. Every situation may be screaming at you right now that says everything against hope and a breakthrough, but I'm telling you God is on the other side of this miracle. If we will learn to let go and release this worry, receive the peace of God, and begin to see the perspective that God sees. And in Philippians 4, this is the letter that we know Paul is writing to the, writing to the Philippian church. Remember, he was in prison for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He wanted to be in Rome declaring the gospel, and now he finds himself a prisoner in Rome instead of a preacher. And he was waiting on a sentence to come. He was in house arrest, he was locked down, and he was waiting to be condemned to death and, pace, and facing possible execution. But what's so awesome about Paul is he knew the goodness of God. He knew the faithfulness of God. He wasn't worried about God because he's always seen the faithfulness of God in his life. I want to share this scripture verse with you this morning, and it says this, Romans 8, 38 through 39. It's the NIV version, and it says this, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, listen to this, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen, there is nothing that can separate you from the presence of God. No fear, no worry, nothing can take away God's presence from your life. You know, I received a, a video this week, and I know many of you have probably seen a, a lot of videos going around and conspiracy theories and what's true and what's not true. And we don't really know the full truth, but a lot of these videos can invoke fear. And a lot of these videos can invoke worry, whether they're 
have some truth to them or whether they don't. But it invokes this worry in us as believers. And I, I had a video sent to me, and this video was very interesting. It was a scientist, and he was trying to figure out a way where he could take, listen to this, figure out a way where he could take out the Christ faith out of people, the, the um, what was the word he used, like the charismatic people that were indulging in spiritual things. And he figured out a uh, way that he could extract that from humans and they would lose their love for God. And that was sent to me. It's so interesting to me how the devil is on such a strong onslaught to try to take away the DNA of Jesus Christ, which is flowing through our veins. And that's why that scripture verse meant so much to me. It's like nothing can separate us from God. There's no virus. There's no things that they want us to take or put chips in our arms. Nothing can separate God from our life. We have his love. We have his power. And we have his authority. Amen? Nothing. I want you to say that. Nothing separates you from the power of God. And what Paul had different is he had a different perspective. He had seen the faithfulness of God in every area of his life more than we could ever imagine. Now let's talk about some of the areas he saw the faithfulness of God. He saw God faithful in a shipwreck where many died, but he survived. He had a snake reach out and bite him out of the fire, and he shook it off. He saw the faithfulness of God. He was stoned and was left for dead, but God had still plans for him, and he rose up and fulfilled the call of God in his life. He had all these tragedies happen and imprisonment, and he always saw the faithfulness of God. See, no matter, matter what you're going through, if you could see the perspective of God is faithful, I don't know how, when, or what, or if it's even going to happen right away, but I know my God is faithful. And that's why he can stand and, and he can pen this letter with great joy because he's seen God prevail in one area and then again and again. And that's what God wants us to do. Rejoice in what he's already done in our life and what he's about to do. And I believe God's power is visiting his church like we've never seen before. I believe his anointing and the demonstrations of the Holy Spirit are gonna be more powerful than we've seen because because the enemy is on an onslaught so hard to shut down the voice of Christians and to shut down the churches, but God will have his final say, amen? Now let's look at Philippians 4, verse 4, and it says this. He told them, rejoice in the Lord. Everybody say, in the Lord. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. Where does our rejoicing come? From the Lord. Where does our joy come? From the Lord. The word comes from the Lord. He goes on to say, I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. This is a great rejoicing story. He said, Rejoice. Not be wringing your hands, not be overwhelmed, not be defeated and discouraged. He said, it's time to shout the victory shout. It's time to have some joy in our life. I don't care if my situation never changes. I'm going to shout for joy. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord because he was faithful before and he'll be faithful again. And you know that verse says, let your gentleness be evident to all. Do you know when you're wringing your hands and you're discouraged and you're overwhelmed, you're not gentle. You don't have a peaceful heart. The only way you can let your gentleness be known to others is when you're resting in the peace of Jesus. Listen, this morning, we don't have to worry. We don't have to worry because we know God still sits on the throne. My number one point this morning is this. 
You don't have to worry about what will happen when we know who's in charge. Isn't that good? I don't have to worry about what will happen. I don't know what's going to happen when we step out the doors. I, I don't know what's going to happen when I go back to my job. I don't know what's happening, but I know who's in charge. So I don't have to worry about all of this because I get to go, my Lord is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he still sits on the throne. He is still the great I am. His word is still yes, and his word is still amen. And I don't know how things are going to pan out, but I know my my God. Everybody say, but God, but God. I don't have to worry about things because my God is in control. Listen to this. We don't have to worry about the how when you know the who. Somebody say amen. I don't have to worry about the how. I just know the who. I know my Jesus. I know his power. I know his victory. I know his anointing. And I'm going to praise him. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to turn off all the negative news. I'm going to quit watching all the negative videos. And I'm going to begin to lift up the name of Jesus that is the name above every name. That every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess at the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, church. We have the name of Jesus, the powerful name of Jesus. We need to rise up as his kids and not walk in fear and not walk in worry and tell the devil, you are under my feet. You are under my feet. I want you to shout that this morning. You are under my feet. Devil, you're not going to steal my joy. You're not going to steal my hope. You're not going to steal my peace. I'm going to step into the joy of the Lord, which is my strength. And I'm going to make Jesus the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords over my heart, over my family, over my home, over my job, over my finances. I'm telling you, this is a word from God this morning. We need to step up and rise up as God's kids that we have the full power of the Holy Spirit that should be moving in demonstration in our life. I want you to say this morning, if you are worried, you tell worry, go in Jesus' name. You tell fear, go in Jesus' name. If you are bound by situations, you just say, in the name of Jesus, and that thing has to bow its knee to you. Amen. I'm going to tell you, God's in control of everything. God's in control. It says in Philippians 4, verse 6, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, be prayer, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Listen, We've got to quit worrying about social media garbage. Quit getting involved in all this stuff online. I feel this so strong by the Holy Spirit. This thing has been happening for eight weeks. It's time for the church to stop it. Let's stop worrying about when church doors weren't open. Are they open? When is this going to happen? When's that going to happen? No, let's stop that. The Bible says, if you lift up my name, I will draw all men unto me. Church, let's quit worrying about what people should be doing and shouldn't be doing, and let's lift up the name of Jesus. We have two weeks until Pentecost Sunday two weeks and we're going to gather together in this house and I don't want us to come with all the negativity and, and, and what you think should happen and shouldn't happen. Let's come in unity, amen. Let's come lifting up the name of Jesus. Let's come with our shout ready to shout. Let's come with our worship and ready to worship. Let's come to be intercessors between the porch and the altar of those who are lost and dying and going to hell. It's time for the church to arise, amen. Let's lift up the name of Jesus. 
And when you lift up his name, all your money worries will go to him. When you lift up his name, all of relationship worries go to him. All your fears, everything you're worried about, we're going to give it to Jesus. And you know what we're not going to do? We're not going to take it back. We're not going to take it back. We're going to step into who we are as Christ. We're going to step into being victorious. We're going to step into being the head and not the tail. We're going to be the above and not beneath. And we're going to rise up and let the church shine like the church is supposed to shine. Let the fire of God come in and out of us and through us to this world. Amen. We don't want to look like the world. We want to look victorious and look like Christ. So what are we going to do? We're going to present our things to God. Whatever you're struggling with, I'm giving it to Jesus today. We're going to lay it at his feet today. I'm not going to worry about things, God. I'm going to put my trust in you. Let me ask you this this morning. This question is, what can I not do? I'm just going to ask you these questions. What can I not do? Let me ask you this. Can you heal your loved one? Can you heal them? No, but can God heal them? Yes. Can you change the person you're married to? No. But can God change them? Yes. Can you protect your kids 24-7? No. But can God? Yes. Do you see how your perspective changes? All these things we're worried about, God is in control. God can take care of the things that we cannot contain. We can't control. Can you control your future? Nope. But can God? Yes. He said, he already wrote your book about you. He's already fashioned your days. So I don't have to wring my hands worrying about tomorrow. God says, tomorrow is mine. Worry about today. There's enough troubles about its own, Matthew 6 says. If I take care of the birds of the air, how much more will I take care of you? And by worrying, has it added to you at all? Actually, worry is only stripped away from our lives, hasn't it? Can your worry change? God can change everything, can he? It's a matter of perspective. So what are we going to do? We're going to trust God. And maybe you're listening this morning and you're that worst case scenario person. Like you go to the very worst of what could happen and that's so normal. I'll be honest with you, as a pastor coming into this season where we weren't going to meet as a church anymore, you know, we weren't going to meet as a body and be here together. And we didn't know what that looked like. And in the first week when that was just changing and unrolling and we're getting these online presents together and these Zoom meetings and we're trying to keep everybody connected, there was a potential for me to go into this worry. And, and what about the church, God? And what about the people? And start wringing my hands. And I mean, I kind of tiptoed in it a little bit, but I've learned in my walk with Jesus that I'm going to let go and say, you know what, God, you're in control of the future. I don't know why these last few weeks have happened. We don't understand everything but God. So you can look at this season and be like, we shouldn't be controlled or, or this shouldn't be happening. Or we can look at it and say, I've had this time to reset. I've had time to recharge. I've had time to hear from the Holy Spirit. Maybe I was too comfortable in the four walls, and now I'm coming back ready. I'm coming ready for the mission. I'm coming ready for the call of God. God works all things together for good to those who are called according to his purpose. Listen, the church is his purpose. There's nothing you can do that can break down the church. There's nothing that the world can do to extract God from his kids. Amen. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Philippians 4, 8 says this. He said, finally, brothers, this is what I want you to be thinking about. 
whatever's true, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, admirable, if there is anything excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. What does that mean? I can be looking at the world, I can be looking at these videos, I can be looking at these things that are devastating, and God is saying, wait a minute. Actually, this letter was penned to the Philippian church to say, listen, don't look at what you see, change your perspective. Begin to see what I see, says the Lord. And the only way you're going to do that by changing what you're thinking about. We've got to begin to think of the goodness of God and the word of God. Let's change our perspective today. Let's make a change today in our life and not look at things negatively. Let's look at things through the word of God. Verse 9 says this, whatever you have learned or received from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And listen to this, and the God of peace will be with you. We serve the God of peace, don't we? Allow the peace of God to come over your heart today. Allow the joy of God to come over your heart today. I don't know what area that you feel discontented in. I don't know what area you feel unhappy with. Maybe it's the way you look. Maybe it's the way that you feel today. Maybe you wish you had a different job or a different house or more money or what all these things that are causing discontent in your life are causing worry in you. We have to trust in God. And listen, point number two, what we don't have to worry about is number two, about what we have when we know who truly satisfies. We don't have to be worried about what we have. Maybe you've had to downsize in this season. Maybe your life isn't where you thought it was supposed to be and what it should look like. But none of those things should worry us when we know who truly satisfies us. Because you can have everything in life that you're worried about. You could have the perfect husband or perfect wife. You could have the perfect job, drive the perfect car, everything that looks happy, have a perfect relationship with Jesus. But if you don't really know that he's the one who truly satisfies those things that you're longing for to give you satisfaction, those things that you're longing for to fill that void will never truly satisfy you because Jesus is the only one who satisfies his kids or his people. So let's look again at the scripture verse. It says this, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Now this is the letter he's writing to the Philippian church. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. Verse 11, I am not saying this because I am in need. He's in prison. Remember, he's in prison waiting his uh, judgment to possibly be killed. But he's saying, I'm not writing this letter because I have a need. Why? Because his perspective was always on God. His perspective that God was going to make a way, and if he didn't, he was going to be with his creator anyway. He learned to stay in joy in whatever situation. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I think that's the hardest thing for human natures to do, is to learn to be content in whatever circumstance. If it never changed today, if your life was exactly the way it is today, can we learn to find peace in Jesus? Learn to find contentment. That's how Paul said. He said, I have joy because I've learned to be content. I'm not looking and worrying about everything else. I'm learning to be happy with what I have. And if God graces me with more, I'll receive more with joy. But if not, I'm still going to be happy because I'm choosing to see from God's perspective. 
I know what it is to be in need, he said, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Now, here's the secret of his letter to the church, this next verse. And we all know this verse very well, but seeing the context in which he's sharing it, he's like, listen, I've been hungry, I've been fed, I've had money, I've had none. But in all of that, in verse 13, it says this, I can do everything through Christ who gives me the strength. That's the power right there. I can do all things through Christ Jesus. I don't care what my natural circumstances looks like. I'm going to begin to see the perspective of God that I can do all things. My God will make a way where there seems to be no way. My God will block everything that's not his will. And my God will break down every wall that's trying to hinder the will of God. I can do all things through Christ because I know the God that I serve. Amen. God will meet all of your needs. And listen this morning, he is all that you need. Somebody say amen. Let me close with a couple scripture verses this morning. Psalms 37.4 says this, Delight yourself in the Lord. And that word delight means make yourself soft and pliable. Let's get out of our rigidity. Let's get out of how we want things the way we want it or how we want it, when we want it. Let's get out of that and say, Lord, make me soft and pliable. Delight in me, God. Have yourself, have your way with me, God. Mold me, make me. Remove the fears, remove the worries. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. See, they will come if we allow God to mold us and shape us. Psalms 11.1 says this, In the Lord I take refuge. And let me close with this last verse, Psalms 118.8. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to put our trust in man. And that says it all. Listen, let's get rid of our worry today. Let's get rid of our fear. I'm gonna pray over you because I feel such a precious anointing tonight. I'm gonna pray God's power touches you right where you're at. So if you're struggling with worry, just raise your hand wherever you're at. In your car, be careful. In your home, wherever you're at, the presence of God, I feel him touching you right now. So Father God, we pray, Holy Spirit, Touch every person right now that is full of fear and worry. All their anxiousness, God, all this attack of the enemy, we just bind it now in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray a releasing of the Holy Spirit's presence into their hearts. I pray that you drive out that tormenting spirit in the name of Jesus. And that, Lord, your grace and your mercy and your love is going to fall down on them in their home. Let the peace fall in their home. We buy, I bind division in these homes. I bind strife in these homes. Father God, anxiousness in these homes. And I pray the releasing of the Holy Spirit's presence. Give them a refreshing. Give them a renewal. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. And I want to give one more opportunity for those of you who may be watching this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Or maybe you're away from the Lord and he's calling you back home. I believe this is the season of the prodigal sons and daughters. So I want to implore you this morning to come back to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. Jesus has the best comeback stories ever. And I'm going to share some of those when we gather back together. God is about comebacks. 
He's about restoration. He's about releasing people into their destinies no matter what they've done because that is the goodness and the grace of God. So I want you to repeat this prayer after me this morning. Just say this. Say, Dear Jesus, I'm asking you, forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my heart, be my Lord, and be my Savior. And Father God, I want to come back home I want to be welcomed back in. Give me courage to come back home. Reignite my faith once again and stir me up. In the precious name of Jesus, amen and amen. Now listen, that prayer is everything. And I know that God touched your heart, but I don't want you to take this journey alone. You need us and we need you. And I want to come alongside of you. We want to mentor you and disciple you and teach you this walk with Jesus. You can't do it alone. So find that link wherever you're watching this or go to our website and find the I Choose Jesus link. Let us know that you chose Jesus. Let us know that you're coming back home so that we can come alongside of you and mentor you along the way.